I'm Damien Venuto. It's June 6th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. We're being watched every single day. Our every online move is recorded, jotted down and then sold on to bidders who want our eyeballs. This is the way tech giants like Google, Meta and TikTok ultimately make billions of dollars in ad revenue every year. It's an incredibly effective system but also comes with some serious consequences. So what price are we actually paying for free access to these services? How worrying is it that tech giants are essentially keeping track of our every move? And what can we do to stop this from happening? Today, advertising expert and agitator Bob Hoffman explains how we are being sold without even realizing it. Bob, there's this old refrain in business that goes, if you're not paying, you're the product. So can you please explain to us how that plays out when it comes to the likes of Facebook, Google and TikTok? Sure. What they do is they take information they collect about you and they use it to create targets which they sell to their advertising clients. So in other words, the advertising clients are buying you. So I suppose the promise behind all of this is that tracking the consumer would result in better advertising in that it would be more targeted, more curated, more catered to the individual. But have you seen anything that suggests that advertising is becoming better? No, I've seen exactly the opposite. For several years now, we've been told that there have been amazing, and there have been amazing technological changes in media, amazing new technologies, and this was supposed to help us create advertising that was more interesting to individuals, advertising that was more relevant, that was more interesting, and that consumers would want to interact with. But in fact, inside and outside the advertising industry, it's pretty well believed that advertising has gotten worse, not better. A recent headline in the New York Times said, the advertising industry has a problem, people hate ads. And uh, we've seen research that shows that regard for the advertising industry is at new lows and that a recent study showed that twice as many people today find, uh, say they find advertising annoying as they did 20 years ago. So advertising has not gotten better. Advertising has actually gotten worse despite all the technological changes and all the miracles we were supposed to have at our disposal. Bob, I think the problem here is that it's not only consumers that are kind of bought into the idea that targeted advertising was going to be a better form of advertising. You have really smart people in business who have also bought into that idea. So how were they deceived into believing that? I don't know. It's a very big question, and it's a question in my mind. It's, it's obvious to me that advertising has gone off track and that we have lost the plot. But it seems like business people don't accept that. And I think one of the reasons for that is business has become very short-term oriented. And CEOs and boards want to see results this week. They want to know that they ran an ad today and something happened tomorrow. And unfortunately, advertise, the, the really good advertising builds brands over time. It doesn't happen in one week. I mean, if you look at all the great brands in the world, the Coca-Colas, the Apples, the Toyotas, the McDonald's, 
it took time for advertising to help those brands build into what they are today. But there's no patience for, or there's very little patience for that today in the marketing industry. One of the problems is that chief marketing officers have a very short lifespan. In the U.S., they last in their job about 24 months. Now, you can't build a brand in 24 months. You just can't. So if you tell your board, if you tell your CEO, I'm doing this because three years from now, we're going to have a terrific company and we're going to have great sales, they don't want to hear that. They want to know what's happening this week. And so it's very hard for chief marketing officers to convince their stakeholders that doing things for the long term is a good idea. Well, the other thing that you've spoken about is the massive amount of fraud that we see in digital advertising. The estimates are anything like 10% of all digital media spend is actually fraudulent. It's a global issue. I've seen estimates ranging up to um, you know, 15, 16 billion US dollars a year in fraud of this kind. We're talking billions of dollars here. So why is everyone just ignoring this? It's a very, very interesting question. First of all, the ad tech industry is making so much money and nobody wants to kill that golden goose. Second is that there are perverse incentives so that what is good for marketing people isn't always good for the brand. If you're buying fraudulent advertising, if you're buying bots instead of human beings, it's very cheap. But you get reports that look very good. You're not paying much money and you're reaching all these people with your advertising. Well, in fact, you're not reaching anyone with your advertising. You're reaching fraud. You're reaching bots. But you can show your report to your boss and the boss says, wow, this looks good. Look how many, you know, look how many impressions we have. Look how little it's cost us. And as a marketing person, you know, it's good for you. It helps you keep your job. But it's terrible for the brand because you're wasting money. You're spending money on advertising and you're just wasting it. It's not reaching anyone. That's one of the reasons why nobody wants to acknowledge fraud. The other reason is everyone thinks it's the other guy who's getting screwed. It's not me. You know, I'm smart. I know what I'm doing. It's all those other idiots who are getting screwed by these fraudsters. Well, it's not. It's very hard for people to understand how adept the fraudsters are at fooling the systems. In the U.S., there were 250 governmental bureaus that were hacked by Russian hackers in 2021, including the U.S. government's Cyber Command, the National Security Agency, the Homeland Security Agency. Do you think people who can hack that can't hack the advertising industry. I mean, you have to be crazy not to understand that. So every single time we report on that issue, we do get that sentiment. We, we have marketers and business bosses telling us that they have sophisticated blacklists to stop their advertising from going to the wrong places. They have tech that's plugged into their systems that ensure that their ads are going to actual human beings. But I mean, is that all nonsense? It's not all nonsense, but it's, but it's substantially nonsense. They don't know what's happening. There is a very, very interesting case happened a few, uh, when was it? Several months ago 
in the U.S. A company called Gannett Publishing is a very large publishing company. They publish a website called USA Today, which is very popular. But they also publish 250 little tiny websites around the country that you've never heard of and nobody's ever heard of. Well, for about nine months, they were auctioning off ads on USA Today. That's how digital advertising is bought through auctions. And they ran billions of auctions. And the winners of those auctions got to place their ads on USA Today, except they made a mistake. And they ran all those ads for nine months on the little tiny community websites. We're talking about billions of ads for major brands, Nike, Adidas, Marriott, Ford. I mean, we're talking very large brands, and nobody knew for nine months. Nobody knew. All these people who thought they had all the sophisticated software that would tell them what's really happening, they didn't know. Nobody, the brands didn't know, the agencies didn't know, the security vendors didn't know, and this was all done accidentally. This was not done on purpose. Can you imagine if they can't find accidental mistakes like that for billions of ads from people who are not trying to fool them? How good can they be at finding fraud from people who are trying to fool them? So it's almost like a self-confirming ignorant loop. Yes, that's exactly what it is. If you're enjoying this episode of The Front Page brought to you by the New Zealand Herald, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Recently, we have seen some efforts by the U.S. Congress to address some of the issues that emerge from these big tech giants. So TikTok is the latest company to face U.S. Congress. Has TikTok at any time sold or shared with third parties algorithmic inferences that were made using, in part or in whole, precise GPS information collected from U.S. users? Yes or no? Congressman, I need to check on these specifics. What I can tell you is right now we do not collect precise GPS location data in the United States. Do you think that anything is going to come of that? I'd be very surprised if it does. The U.S. Congress is, you know, too busy fighting with each other to really do any serious work these days. I don't suspect anything will come of that. I think there may be states, some of the states will put some curbs on Tic Tac, but I doubt that the Congress will. And, you know, in the U.S., it's hard to stop. You know, we have very broad definitions of free speech, And you try to stop free speech, you're going to be brought to court and people are going to sue you and you're probably going to lose. It's not just politics. It's also the U.S. Constitution that protects a lot of things that we may not like being protected. When it comes to TikTok in particular, there does seem to be some fear of this company, given its strong links to the Chinese government. So your fellow countryman, NYU professor Scott Galloway, recently suggested banning TikTok from the United States. If you believe, as I do, that there is no separation between the CCP and a Chinese company who can disappear as CEO for four weeks, if you believe that the CCP has a vested interest in diminishing our standing globally, are we comfortable, are we down with an organization that wants to undermine America, controlling the media our children see. It should be banned, full, stop. Whoa. What are your views on that sentiment? I think TikTok 
is one of the greatest espionage operations ever conducted, and it's being conducted in broad daylight. And I think it's very dangerous, but I don't know how you can stop it unless you can prove that it's a danger to national security. Otherwise, the U.S. Constitution and the First Amendment will protect their right to do what they're doing. I suppose the burden of proof is also quite difficult because everything's happening behind a walled garden that no one has access to except for the people who are working at TikTok. You're absolutely right. When you look at that, I mean, we're focusing so much on TikTok, but are we overlooking the threats that the likes of Google and Facebook also pose to society, given that they're also operating behind these walled gardens and we have to rely on a leak to know exactly what's going on? You know, these companies are black boxes to a great extent. No one knows what's going on on the inside. We can see some of the negative effects of what's happening, but unfortunately there's very little that the U.S. government can do other than break them up. But even if they break them up, so you're going to have smaller, slightly smaller organizations pulling the same tricks and doing the same dangerous things. It's a very difficult problem, and artificial intelligence is only going to make it worse. Bob, governments around the world have been talking about regulating these companies in terms of tax, privacy, and a multitude of other issues. There does seem to be some level of fear in terms of actually taking any action. Is that driven by a fear of these companies maybe exiting the country? I don't know if that's what the fear is. I think these companies are very powerful. They're very, very wealthy. They have a lot of influence in governmental operations. I think it's probably easier for a country like New Zealand to regulate Facebook and Google than it would be in the U.S. Even though the U.S. is the home of these companies, New Zealand could say, we don't want you here, or we don't want you here under these terms, and here's what you have to do if you want to stay here. The U.S. probably won't be doing that. Uh, I, I don't know how they can do that legally. I suppose the fear here is that they do take that bluff and that they do leave the country altogether. But writer Shoshana Zuboff has suggested that it isn't necessarily a bad thing to have these companies leave a small country like New Zealand. Do you think it would be catastrophic or terrible if Facebook or Google had to leave New Zealand? Absolutely not. I mean, uh, another company could start up here and do search. It might take a while for it to catch up to the quality of Google search. Uh, another company could certainly duplicate what Facebook does. Facebook doesn't provide very much in terms of public service. So I don't think it would be catastrophic at all. I think she's right. You've been writing about the space for quite some time, and you've investigated what good regulation could look like. So what could good regulation of a company like Google or Facebook look like in a modern democracy? The most important regulatory change that could be made not just to Google and Facebook, but to the whole ad tech industry, is to ban tracking. Tracking is a terribly dangerous thing for individuals, and it's a terribly dangerous thing for society. Everything we do online is being tracked and is being cataloged. They know where we're going, what we're clicking on, who we're talking to. In some cases, they know what we're saying, They can infer what our sexual preferences are, what our political preferences are. There's an unbelievable amount of information about this that can't be stopped completely, but it can be severely and importantly attenuated by ending tracking. There is a company in the U.S. called Oracle that claims to have 
dossiers, files on five billion people. That's essentially everyone in the world with an internet connection. This is horribly dangerous to individuals and to society. When you think about the worst governments in the history of the world, what did they do? They followed their population everywhere. They kept secret files on them. And that's what the marketing industry is doing now, essentially. They're following us everywhere. They know everything we say, and they have secret files on us. Very dangerous for individuals and very dangerous for society. There does seem to be a sense that pervades this issue, that many people don't seem to care all that much about being tracked. What would you say to people who have that refrain, or who often use that refrain, that they've got nothing to hide? They're crazy. Everyone has something to hide. We just don't know what it is. And we won't know until that truck hits us. And when the truck hits us, then we say, oh, now I understand why it was so dangerous. You know, it's the knock on the door, and you don't know when it's coming, but when People know everything about you. Believe me, they can find stuff on any of us that can be dangerous to us. Yeah, and everyone who says they have nothing to hide has nothing to hide until you ask them for their email login details. Yeah. yeah. People who say they have nothing to hide are being ridiculous. I mean, perfect example ha- happened in the States recently. We had a change to the Roe versus Wade mm-hmm. constitutional regulation, which made abortion much more difficult in many places. There's a case of a 17-year-old girl in Kentucky who before the change in the Roe versus Wade adjudication came about had sent private message to her mother asking about abortion pills. And all of a sudden she's being arrested for a felony, which was not a felony when she did it, but the local government in, in the state of Nebraska got files from Facebook, found out that she had sent this private message to her mother and arrested her on a felony. It's unbelievable. You know, we don't know what's going to be illegal tomorrow. We don't know what Facebook is going to provide to governments tomorrow. We need to be more cognizant as citizens of what the dangers are to us from what's happening under the hood. Do you call it a bonnet on a car? Mm -hmm. Under the bonnet, what's happening and how it can affect our lives in ways that we don't see right now. Particularly young people need to understand how this is dangerous to them. Thanks for joining us, Bob. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow the front page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.